Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome to the Donut Racing Show, where we, a trio of lowly surfs, storm the mysterious, lavish castles of Formula One racing. My name is Nolan Sykes. I'm joined by my two co-hosts. We've got auto journalists, Elizabeth Blackstock. Oh, hello. And Alanis King. Hi, I'm here. How's it going? You're back from Mexico. How was your vacation, Alanis? It was wonderful. Um, we had a great time. We did not do anything. We did the same thing every day, actually. We didn't read any books. As you books. should on vacation. Yeah, we didn't read any books. We didn't check our phones. We sat on the beach and we watched the planes go by and we watched the waves for eight days. And every single night at dinner, I ate six to eight pieces of bread. It was fantastic. Really getting your money's worth. Absolutely. Listen, like I, I actually had a realization about my life while I was there. And it was that when I was a kid, my parents fed me bread and butter. And I made the connection that that is why I like bread so much, because I'm sitting here on this vacation as an adult eating eight rolls of bread with butter. You could have anything. You could order anything from this resort and you chose bread and butter, bread and wow. nachos okay. and bread. Okay. Fries. Okay. Alanis, I have a question. Do yes. you drink water? Are you a regular water oh, drinker? Oh, yes. Uh, Elizabeth, do you know how many bottles of water I drink per day? Give me an estimate. Seven. No, 24. I'm, oh, I mean the big ones. like the. Like oh, the, yeah, the big ones. Yeah, 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 like seven of those. But like okay, the actual 16.9 ounce bottles of water, I drink between yeah. 20 and 24 of those a day. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It balances huh. out, all right? Okay, There's good, good. Because I, you know, I kind of... With the bread discussion and just some of the other things I know about you, I was like, is Alanis one of those, like, never, has never had water No, people? no, just, no. She's okay. secretly a raisin. Yes. That's actually so true. And I just, like, okay. I water myself like a plant. Well, I'm glad. Thank I'm you glad. so much. <laughs> yes. Uh, in today's episode, we're talking about the Dutch Grand Prix, a race that was interesting and then was not interesting. Well, it's only been a week since our last episode, since we're done with summer break, right? But a lot has happened. Elizabeth, tell me about McLaren, please. Oh, boy. So Oscar Piastri from Formula 2 is officially going to McLaren. Last week when we recorded, the Formula 1 contract recognition board was seeing which of his two contracts were viable because he was signed to Alpine and McLaren. The contract recognition board decided in favor of McLaren. 
which means that Alpine now has to pay a lot of money to McLaren, Oscar Piastri, and all of the legal counsel. It's about $500,000 in American money. Ooh. Yeah, so this, this breakup timeline is brutal. Uh, Daniel Ricciardo, the guy whose seat Piastri is taking, said on July 13th that he was committed to McLaren until the end of 2023, and Piastri allegedly signed his contract on July 4th, which Oof. means that there was there was some some back and forth happening there. It originally looked like Ricardo would go to Alpine, uh, but now it sounds like Alpine is trying to take Pierre Gasly from Red Bull's junior team AlphaTauri, which would then open that seat for Colton Herta from IndyCar. However, there's a whole a whole mess of a situation going on there about the super license. Uh, to race in Formula One, you have to have a super license. You get points toward this super license by competing in other championships, and your finishing position determines how many points you get. Currently, Colton Herta does not have the points he needs and will not get them by the end of the IndyCar season. Uh, however, there are a lot of clauses and rules about this <laughs> this super license, as you can expect with Formula One. Basically, if Daddy tells you you can have a super license, you can have a super license. Yeah. <laughs> But the big thing that currently is happening is that Colton Herta's 2018 Indy Lights season could theoretically be counted, but there were only eight competitors that season. Mm, mm. So you have to have 10 or more in order for it to count towards your super license points. However, there's also a clause that says we can discount all of that nonsense if the FIA thinks there was some outstanding circumstance uh, so Herta competing in a championship that only had eight people would kind of maybe be that. Uh, we have no idea. Yeah, I mean, also the outstanding circumstance is that he is most likely qualified to drive an F1 car and, and a team wants him. I feel like this whole super license is set up not to necessarily exclusively uh, like keep IndyCar drivers out of F1, but it definitely favors European drivers or, or drivers that go through the European kind of uh, ladder. Uh, you know, isn't it Formula, Formula 4 or Formula 3 is given the same amount of points as IndyCar points? IndyCar has a weird kind of points awarding system compared to the other. So it's like just under Formula 2, but I believe it's still a little bit better than Formula 3. Uh, the way that they award points, but okay. it's not it's not weighted kind of as equally as Formula Two, so it's it's almost considered a lower category than Formula Two. But the debate right now is the fact that IndyCar, which is the top level of open wheel racing in America, is given the same weight as development levels in Europe, yes. and so people are really stressed about that. But the whole moral of the story is that the super license system is kind of messed up, and the way you get around that is going. Daddy, FIA, can I have a super license? And they say yes or no, and that's what's going on with Colton Herta, so I wish him luck. I get I, I understand why there is a super license system, but at the same time, it's also racing. Like, what we're doing is racing. Yeah. Like, and, and if a team wants to hire somebody and they feel confident that they can control their car, like, let them do it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Let them do it. Let me do it. He's tested a Formula One car before, so he knows what the relatively like the 2021 car he knows how that works uh he could theoretically get i think to like 38 points by the end of the season if he were to compete in fp1 for every single race that doesn't conflict with the indycar schedule so like he could get really close i don't know why there's such a big deal 
okay, I do know why they're such a big deal. It's because a lot of the Formula One teams dump millions of dollars into their junior development driver programs. Mm, and sure. no one wants to see that happen with, you know, to have someone come from an outside source. And it's Formula One. Everyone's yeah. upset that they spent a lot of money and then something else happened that didn't go their way. Listen, I like Nolan's line of thought, which is if you're confident in yourself and you believe you can control a car, you should get to race in Formula One because no. I'm confident in myself. <laughs> and I, I said believe a team. Team is confident. Nolan, Nolan, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Facts don't matter. Um, I'm confident in myself. I believe I can control a car. Please call me. I would like to be on your Formula One team. <laughs> Speaking of high honors and awards, Max Verstappen was appointed a high honor and award recently. He was appointed an officer <laughs> in the Order of Orange Nassau, which means you're really fancy, right? So on September 1st, Max Verstappen, who's the first Dutch F1 world champion, got this royal decoration by the country's minister of sport. It's given out to long-standing meritus service to society, the state, or the royal house. He's pretty much a Dutch sir now. He thanked his Ooh. friends, his family, Red Bull, and the Orange Army for throwing lots of smoke bombs. Not really, not that last <laughs> part, just the Orange Army. But they do throw lots of smoke bombs. Red Bull team principal Christian Horner, he came over the radio and he congratulated Max. And he said, I'm not sure if I should call you Sir Max, Lord Max, or Super Max. And Max was like, just call me Max. And... <laughs> I think that's really funny because like Christian Horner is making an allusion to Supermax, which is actually the best song ever created. If you've never heard Supermax, go on YouTube right now, pause this podcast, come back to me later. I'm not important. Supermax is important. Okay. There we the, go. The thing that I loved about him getting this award is that this man showed up in like skinny blue jeans, <laughs> a blazer and white sneakers. Good for like, him. No one in his life sat him down and said you are getting awarded a prestigious award perhaps we should put on a pair of slacks no, no. absolutely not no absolutely <laughs> not. i gotta wonder if the netherlands are you know take stuff like super seriously like that like they're a very small country i i didn't even know they had a it sounds like a royal kind of system i I know. I, I feel like skinny jeans. If they're the right wash and color, I feel like it's fine. <sighs> they were too blue. Like, they were just, just blue. They are really blue. I'll give Elizabeth that. He came with, like, his mom and Kelly PK, his girlfriend, both of whom were immaculately dressed. And mm. he, like, they, no one in his life told him perhaps we should dress up a little bit just a smidge. It sounds like the Netherlands has a very has a very similar attitude to L.A. where it's like, hey business casual <laughs> that means jeans and a and a blazer a blazer might even be too far for la lando norris and his uh model girlfriend lucina Oliveira have sadly broken up lando posted and then deleted a message on his ig stories um apparently there's some sort of cheating scandal brewing in the tabloids who knows how much evidence this holds though he invited a dutch model to mcdonald's I love that. Listen, I if I had the opportunity, I would invite a Dutch model to McDonald's. I think that's great. Well, yeah, you love inviting uh, race car drivers to Chili's, so exactly. that makes sense. Exactly. That's what I'm here to do. Yeah, so this was on his Instagram story. It says, hello, everybody. After time and consideration, Luisa and myself had mutually decided to end our romantic relationship but remain good friends. Hmm. I wish her the world and have so much respect for her and all she does. As 
such an amazing and strong women with nothing but kindness. Women. Little typo oh, they there, Lando. Say women. They don't understand that women is plural and woman is singular. Like, I don't get it. I just think people don't proofread. Uh, please respect our decision and respect our butt more. Oh. <laughs> respect our butt more. <laughs> please respect our decision and respect our butt more importantly and especially her privacy moving forward. Oh, my God. Lando definitely wrote this. Someone else did. Lando definitely wrote this. Everyone's talking about the scandal of him posting and deleting it, but I would have deleted it too. Like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. The real scandal is Lando's... Uh, Lando can't spell. Mastery of the English language. Good God. Um, (laughs) You know, a model and an F1 driver breaking up. I hope they both recover. Take some time to mourn it, I guess. Take a Dutch girl to McDonald's. You know, if that's what you got to (laughs) do to get your mind (laughs) off things. Lando, I have a formal (laughs) invitation for you if you would like to get over this breakup. Um, Medieval times. Later this month, I'm going and I'm going (laughs) to take some NASCAR drivers. So... Lando, if you would like to join the NASCAR field and me at Medieval Times, we can figure it out, all right? We can we can get you past this. We can teach you singulars and plurals. We can we can proofread those Instagram posts, all right? Yeah, we Lando needs an intensive on the English language for his next uh, IG story. We'll get him sorted out by the time he breaks up with this McDonald's girl. Oh, no. Speaking of celebrations... <laughs> Ferrari driver Carlos Sainz's birthday was on September 1st. Uh, his teammate Charles Leclerc hid in the closet to shoot confetti at him. And <laughs> F1 celebrated by posting the worst, most Frankenstein creature looking photo they could find of him. I don't know what's going on here. It seems like no one has any idea what Carlos Sainz actually looks like. Especially when it's like the Formula One or Ferrari social media people. They just post these like terrible, terrible pictures to celebrate his 28th birthday like that's just sad like the man's not even old and we're giving him this treatment terrible picture but you know what it makes him more relatable because i feel like i i I don't really like photos of myself maybe carlos is the same way maybe he just doesn't photograph well he doesn't know what to do with his face he doesn't know (laughs) what kind of expression to make and i you know what uh, but that's the thing is he's a model basically like there's so many good photos but he's a race car driver first you know, maybe he didn't know he was beautiful until he was like 24. And he's like, hey, maybe I am good looking. Oh, no. Um, very relatable. I don't think so. He looks better he's, in motion, maybe like myself. He's a second generation race car driver. He knew he was good looking. Okay, so here's the thing. Maybe there's a conspiracy here. Maybe deep down in the Ferrari and Formula One layers of administration, People just want to post bad photos of Carlos Sainz because every single photo I see of this man is terrible. Like he'll win driver of the day and you'll see the photo that they put on the broadcast or on Twitter and you're like, oh, yeah, it's awful. I don't understand. Like this man is decent looking. Like how do you make him look so bad in these there photos? There are good photos of him out there. And Ferrari celebrated in true Ferrari fashion by forgetting to give him one of his tires during the race. <laughs> but we will we will get there. In case you missed it, there was also a really great radio message from Lando, who we just talked about. In practice, the driver nearly collided with Aston Martin's Sebastian Vettel, and he came over the radio to say, Is this guy silly? Or? Yeah, he was like, Is this guy silly? Like, what's going on? And, <laughs> and I really You're having a giggle, that. mate. Yeah. You're silly, mate. You're having a laugh, mate. Oh, my God. I like, <laughs> you know what? 
good for Sebastian Vettel. He's out there living his life, like, talking about the climate. His little headband this weekend. He's great. And you know what? He can impede all the drivers he wants. I don't really care. Get in their way. Do whatever. Live your life, dude. I respect you. Yeah. Let him have some fun. He had to be at Ferrari for multiple years. Like, he deserves to have a little bit of fun now. Yeah. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. That's it for the news this week. It's time to shift gears and talk about the Dutch Grand Prix, starting with the circuit at Zandvoort. Lace up those shoes because it's time to get your step count up with our track walk. Zandvoort was first opened in 1948 as part of the post-World War II wave of motorsport mania, but F1 came calling for the first time in 1952. The series would race on and off at the track until 1985, but victoriously returned 36 years later in 2021. Uh, It was originally slated for a 2020 return, but I think we all know what happened there. Mm Mm-hmm. The track was originally made up of a combo platter of permanent track and public roads, like many early racetracks, surrounding the coastal resort town, though now it has been updated in recent years. The circuit was last updated before F1 returned in 2021 and includes upgrades like an 18-degree banking angle at the famous Tarzan Corner, as well as the addition of banking to turn 14. I'm going to try to read what this turn is called. Ari Luyendijk. Luyendijk. Whatever. <laughs> if you if you are not aware, Ari Lyondike was a race car driver. Uh, his son was also a race car driver, and his son was on The Bachelor. So no way. Go, oh, go watch the Ari Lyondike Junior. Okay. It, yeah. yeah. It's, okay. It's Bachelor Nation. Hello. How mm-hmm. you doing? I tried to watch it, and I couldn't get more than five minutes in because I was like, this is just, this is too much for me. Oh, like, no, The Bachelor's great. No, 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 The Bachelor is great, but, oh. like, having The Bachelor combined with my world of, like, auto racing, I was like, mm-hmm. this, this is sensory overload, I can't do this, I'm stressed, and I turned it off. I've only seen one episode of the new season, but they had a top fuel dragster driver is one Ooh. of the contestants and he like first night at the mansion he brought his car they didn't fire it up unfortunately that would have been awesome but the producers made him say race car driver over and over because like most of america does not know what like drag racing is anymore i assume so they're like yeah i'm a race car driver nowadays and you think of rupaul yeah yeah yeah, maybe they were afraid of the competition anyway turn three's corner was also widened and banked into a parabolic corner which increases the chance of seeing the cars run side by side at the same speed 
through it. Um, yeah, you can take the low line or high line. The high line was faster over there in turn three, but still saw some people try to make it through, make it work on that low line. And I saw this weekend my husband walk into the living room during the race and say, is this Zanvort? And I said, yeah. And he said, I can never remember if Zanvort is an F1 track or a Halo map. And (laughs) the internet was like, that's Zanzibar. Yes. (laughs) So... That was wonderful. The Zanport track swoops through sand dunes, which creates a really roller coaster esque feel and look. We've got all those bank turns. It's really fun. It's a 2.6 mile, 72 lap circuit with 14 corners, and it's considered a proper challenging driver's track. Uh, Speaking of dunes, the track also brought significant concerns when it was being revived because the nearby dunes have become a safe haven for endangered lizards and toads. Like me. (laughs) <laughs> i like a, some good biodiversity okay i want to keep these Me lizards too. and toads alive i like this hopefully those toads are living their best life had some good seats maybe able to see some cars go around as far as halo goes alanis i think the best map for like a, a, a f1 track would definitely be sand trap from halo 3 okay uh, as you know that's that was the largest map of uh, in the halo franchise at the time and of course had the the elephant the large drivable vehicle, very fun. You could drive you could drive a freaking mongoose onto it. Nolan, you're giving me so much credit. As you know, that's the largest As map. You know, like- yeah. <laughs> I think there yeah. Uh, there's a few different like mini zones on that map, as you know. All I know about Halo is that I I played it a couple times as a kid and I would always like run off the side of the map and then you would like fall into the clouds. Do you know what you're yeah. talking do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. And that was so sad because it's like nobody killed me. <laughs> Nobody killed me. I just like fell off of the floating rock in the sky and I fell through the clouds and I died and it was horrible. Hell yeah. (laughs) All right. Oh, uh, by the way, uh, Zanvoort is the track featured in John Frankenheimer's Oscar winning 1966 film that all of us have seen Grand Prix. I've actually only seen one scene from that and that's the Monaco part where the that's the intro of the film, I believe. Mm -hmm. The guy like flies off the track. I feel like Elizabeth has extensive comments about this film. I love this movie. I've watched it a thousand times. I've read the book version of it, which was awful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is this the one that you were posting excerpts of on Instagram? No, that's just, that's a different book. It is called Grand Prix as well. I can't, I don't have it next to me. Close. Yeah. Um, by a fellow named Melville. Uh, it is, it, it's one of those books where it's like the main character has gone through everything. There was the, the phrase throbbing organ within the first Ooh. 20 pages, uh, cool. a sex scene where a man sleeps with his girlfriend's fat friend. He makes sure to say that she was fat multiple times. Oh. Uh, he also is a race car driver in Formula One, but every other chapter has lived through a hurricane or like a shark attack or like I some, a true some, renaissance man. Yeah. It's crazy that Herman Melville Ooh. was able to follow up Moby Dick. Yeah. With, with this, this. With, with this, with Grand Prix. that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That sounds like something a dude named Melville would write, right? It's true. Like the the main character's name in it is also Will Archer. Okay, Will Archer. Yeah, is the funniest. Like, oh, I could. You can't even make this up. Like, it's it's iconic. That's exactly right. So, 
brief context on the season leading up to Zanvoort. We are not racing in Zanzibar. And also, Red Bull is way ahead of everyone in the Constructors' uh, standings. Red Bull is like 100 points clear of Ferrari in second place, and Mercedes is slowly chipping into Ferrari's runner-up position, right? That's right. That makes sense. All right, we got our steps in. That's enough of the track walk. Let's see how the teams were doing before the Dutch Grand Prix. Alanis. Well, it's Red Bull's race to lose, basically. They are 100 points clear in the Constructors' Championship of second place Ferrari because while Ferrari is decently fast, they are also decently terrible. So they are (laughs) way behind Red Bull. (laughs) And Mercedes is actually chipping into Ferrari for third in the Constructors' Championship, which is fascinating. Practice didn't go very well for current Drivers' Championship leader Max Verstappen. His first practice came to an early end with gearbox issues. A bummer for his home race and definitely casting a a large cloud over the race. A lot of foreboding. We weren't sure what the heck was going to happen. A cloud of smoke bombs, maybe? A cloud of an orange cloud, if you will. Thank you, Alanis. Uh, Verstappen, though, is about 100 points ahead of the previous contender, Ferrari's Charles Leclerc. 100 points Uh, You know what? I was actually talking about this this weekend, like how fascinating it is that we have transitioned into this new new era of regulations. It's not like a huge overhaul like 2014 was when in 2014 we went to the what went from V8 power units to turbo hybrid V6s like but for 2022, the regulations did change quite a bit. And that's fascinating to me because 2021 we had this championship where the drivers go into it, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton go into it tied for the championship at the last race. Mm-hmm. And this year we have these new regulations, which are supposed to be better and more competitive. And Ferrari is actually just like so bad that Max Verstappen is not even in the same title fight. Yeah. Yeah. I had a friend who does some commentary for a radio channel in the UK, and he was saying how they were planning on going to the last four races of the year because they assumed it was going to be so close, the title fight, and now they are not because (laughs) it's halfway through the season. We realize, actually, that is not the case. Ouch. That hurts. Verstappen going into the Dutch Grand Prix, uh, you know, in first with uh, teammate Sergio Perez behind him, and in third, you had uh, Charles Leclerc three points behind Sergio Perez, followed by Carlos Sainz and George Russell. Mercedes is George Russell in fifth place. I mean, George Russell is now in territory. So George Russell has, you know, like 170 championship points or so leading into this race. And he's like within 20 points of being in the runner-up position in this yeah. title fight. Like George Russell could theoretically get second in the championship this Absolutely. year. That's wild. That is weird. Uh, Going into this race, uh, we had a a normal-looking grid after last week's penalty fest. Uh, Max Verstappen was back on pole position at his home race, uh, and he took it in spectacular fashion. You know, the top three drivers were all super close. Uh, Verstappen beat Charles Leclerc to pole by 0.021 seconds, and Carlos signs by a tenth, which was crazy. Uh, He took that right at the last second as well. Uh, There was a kind of sort of hope that Mercedes might maybe sort of be competitive this weekend. Those dreams ended up dying at the very end of Q3 when Red Bull's Sergio Perez spun at the last corner and brought out the yellow flags so that no one could finish their runs. Speaking of Q3, neither Alpine made it, which was great news for Lando Norris, who at this point is basically McLaren's only driver. 
Ouch, <laughs> Elizabeth, you yeah. don't need to make it worse for Danny. He didn't get out of Q1. He was one of the first five drivers knocked out of qualifying. He's doing it to himself. Mm. Me pointing this out is not harming him in any way. He had to be there first. Ouch. McLaren and Alpine were neck and neck in the title fight. McLaren was 20 points behind Alpine before the race. It could probably look a little better if Daniel Ricciardo did better, but we're this is where we're at right now. And the qualifying session was also pretty stop and go thanks to unwanted nonsense on the track. The Dutch fans are known for bringing their orange smoke bombs out to support Max Verstappen, and someone decided that they were just going to throw it onto the track in the middle of qualifying, which is cool and awesome. Yeah, I love to see people stopping qualifying in the middle of it because they threw a flare onto the track, which they're not supposed to have because security was telling them to get rid of them. But Elizabeth, what if we uh-huh. throw a rich energy book onto the track at the U.S. <laughs> Grand Prix, and then the commentators are like, oh, what's this? It looks like a copy of Racing with Rich Energy. They have to zoom in on it. Yeah, yeah. What does that cover say? What is that? <laughs> Ted, Ted, down to you. Uh, 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 it appears. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a fantastic idea, actually. Um, I hope no one from Formula One management is listening. If you are, I'm not going to throw anything in the track. Uh, please approve my media credential. Thank you so much. This would ruin Crofty's day. Crofty would admit somehow that he like doesn't hasn't read a book since like 1997, <laughs> and then Martin Brundle. <laughs> It's like, no, I actually read all the time. Yeah. I love philosophy. Okay, so there were also a ton of pigeons at Sanford standing next to the track, and one of them looked like it had a little something on its foot. We could just get carrier pigeons to share our book with everyone. That's a great idea. We can't control where the pigeons land. Exactly. We can't do anything about them. This is fantastic. Good idea, Elizabeth. Nolan, do your fun transition into the race recap. (laughs) That's good enough right there. All right. So we'll start off with Ferrari this week. (sighs) They were in places two and three. But by lap 15, Carlos Sainz comes into pit. Oh, no. Everything was going smoothly. But if you were watching closely, you would have noticed that one of the guys that was supposed to change a tire was not there. And this leads me into our new segment, weekly segment, guaranteed to happen every week. How did Ferrari f*** up this time? Oh, my God. Yeah. So, uh, Pitman, tire guy wasn't there. It was actually quite humorous. I watched the race twice, so I knew the second time I watched it. I knew what was going to happen, and it's it's so blatantly obvious when he comes in. There's not the dude there with the tire. Uh, this was on the the driver oh. side uh, left tire. It was hilarious. The the gunman with the the tire gun, you know, zaps it off. The other guy that takes the tire off just takes it off. They look to the right, and they're like, "Oh my god, are you kidding me?" The the gunman like looks down, like, "Dude, there's no tire." <sighs> what? Happened? Holy crap! What? So a a large Man runs out with the tire. They zap it on. Uh, the pit stop was 12.7 seconds. And long. how fast is it supposed to be, Nolan? I mean, 2.5 yeah. ideally is like pretty good. You know, two, two seconds would be the best. Not only that, as this whole cacophony is going on, the gunman 
in his frustration, kind of tossed his gun to the side into the path of Sergio Perez coming out of pit. So Sergio runs over the gun. He wasn't sure if he got a puncture or anything. Um, that's going to end up with some fines for Ferrari for an unsafe pit procedure. But also, I mean, more damaging is just adding on to the pile of dumb stuff that Ferrari has done this season. How does this even happen? Apparently, they weren't ready for the pit stop or something. It was like a, it was a very quick decision to have Carlos come into pit, which still you got to be on top of it. I feel like everyone, everyone should be working in units. Like all three people who need to be on one tire all need to be looking out for each other. Yeah, we need a buddy system here. If you go to the bathroom, you need to take a buddy. If you're gonna change a tire, you need to take a buddy. We should never hit the point where you take the tire off and look over and see nothing. Okay, but like, like yeah, that's also the thing. <laughs> like, happened? how how are you looking for the dude who's supposed to give you the tire? Like, why didn't you make sure this person was there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to your guys' point about the buddy system and working in units, it's like, it, with everything else we've seen so far with Ferrari this season, like, I wonder, if, is there a culture of, of, I don't know, some sort of individuality going on over there? Or maybe they just forgot. I feel like I've heard this before, but there is this sense in Ferrari that everyone's out to do their own thing, whether they're the drivers or the pit crew or just whoever. So it's it's unfortunate. You hate to see it. Well, so what I thought was very interesting about our reoccurring segment and about what happens every single week with Ferrari is actually on Saturday night, I, I was sitting on the couch and I go, what's a good movie poster? that I could Photoshop Mattia Bonotto glasses on everybody. If you're unfamiliar with Mattia Bonotto's glasses, they are like perfect circles and they're thick black frames. And so they're completely unmistakable. Like, you know, it's Mattia Bonotto. So I go, what's a good movie poster I can Photoshop tonight for the race tomorrow? And I was like, pitch perfect. And take out the CH, block it out, and have it say, pit perfect. Put Mattia Bonotto glasses on everybody and then go Ferrari trying to convince us that nothing's wrong. And it's yep. just like pit perfect. <laughs> and I made this on Saturday night and the first stop of the race, pit perfect. Nothing, oh, nothing bad happened. Lovely. And I got to post it right away. And like multiple people were like, how did you, how did you do this so fast? And I said, I made it last night. <laughs> You really got to, with these sports memes, you really got to like predict what's going to happen to be on top of the game. Uh, a note about Matias' glasses. I don't know if you guys noticed this. He was not wearing the circular, the circular oh, glasses no. this week. No, he wasn't. He was he wearing wasn't. ones that looked exactly like Total Wolves. Oh, yes, no. they were like more square. They're like. Yeah. Are you yeah. saying he caught like, on to it? He caught on I to my I think so. I think he was like, maybe it's the glasses. Maybe these have some like bad vibes up in there. Like. Let's change them up. It's harder to make fun of me if I don't have like statement fashion to. Yeah, be I mean made they were still with. kind of thick frame glasses. They were still black. They're thick, thick and black, and kind yeah, of but they're a different shape. It was like I was yeah. very, caught, I was caught off guard. I was like, who, who is, is this that? man? I've who never seen him before. Oh, it's Mattia. <laughs> it's Mattia. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, continuing on with Ferrari, uh, they tried to recover. They kind of did recover from that big mess. Well, not Carlos didn't, but. Uh, Carlos collected every penalty in the book. Yes. Uh, there was an unsafe release for signs, which led, I think it was Crofty to say, is there any penalty Ferrari don't want to pick up today? So that gave signs a five-second penalty, which at the end of the race kicked them down from fifth place to eighth place. Near the end of the race, lap 66, Leclerc passes Hamilton 
for a podium position. That was very sad. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Ouch. And uh, Nico Rosberg uh, said after the race. Even Formula 2 teams or Formula 3 teams do a better job at, at their strategy and pit stops than Ferrari. So, at some, I mean, you're going to the pit and there's not, no tire there in a normal race. I mean, at some point, they really need to start making some changes. I think that's an insult to F2 and F3 teams. <laughs> yeah, ah. honestly. You know what I love about Nico Rosberg? Every time I hear that man talk, I am like, he's the biggest nerd I have ever witnessed. I just, I love that guy. He's so nerdy. He's so weird. When he posted about like launching a YouTube channel, they photoshopped him onto an explosion in the background and he's pointing at, like he's doing finger guns at you. And I'm like, this dude is so weird. I love it. Well, yeah, because he's like a super rich guy trying to be kind of relatable, at least in the YouTube sense, even though all of his content is about living in Monaco and driving supercars everywhere. But um, I don't know. I think he's just trying to I really do think he's just trying to find his place in the world now that he's out of racing. You know, he left. He retired from racing to kind of focus on his family, you know, and now he's kind of like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Who am I? Who, who is Nico Rosberg besides a, a, a handsome rich guy, you know? That's a great, no, but that's a great YouTube video. Like, who is Nico Rosberg? And he just goes on this journey to find himself. Like, oh, it'd be great. The funniest thing he said this weekend was that he's not allowed in the Formula One paddock anymore. And I was like, Nico, do you want to tell anyone why that is? Is it because you're not vaccinated? <laughs> yes. Because that's what it is. <laughs> what? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Interesting. To okay. have America, though, that's extremely relatable. Like, he should this campaign on that. Yeah, they won't let me in for some reason. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my <laughs> sick content. Well, speaking of former Mercedes drivers, uh, Mercedes looked like it could be good this weekend. It, it, they were on track. I was getting stoked. <laughs> they were on track. They were... Lewis Hamilton was leading at one point, and then it all it all went wrong. A late race safety car came out on lap 56 mm. that Alanis is going to tell us more about in a minute. Uh, at that point, Hamilton was in the lead, followed by teammate George Russell. Max Verstappen dipped into the pits for soft tires, and then Russell did too. Uh, that left a gap open for Max Verstappen to move up into second and George Russell to come into third which meant that there was no one left to protect Hamilton who was doing the taking the restart on old hard tires. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's extremely reminiscent yep. of last year. So, when the when the safety car came in on lap 61, Verstappen pretty much immediately passed Lewis Hamilton. Like it was the easiest thing in the world. Uh, and Hamilton then dropped back. He was passed by George Russell. He got on the radio and said that was the biggest f up. And then when he was passed by Russell, said, oh, I can't believe you guys are screaming man. I can't tell you how pissed I am right now. He was in third and then was immediately again passed by Charles Leclerc, who took that last podium position away from Lewis Hamilton. This now is continuing to be the first season in Lewis Hamilton's entire career where he has not taken a Formula One win. So, so far. Yeah, no, so far. It's, uh, they, so far. I, I feel like every week they get a little bit closer. Yeah. Uh, yes. They're making progress, which is nice to see. I think if it happens this year, it's going to come down to the wire, I think, uh, just in because Mercedes' cars is not as dominant as Red Bull or Ferrari. 
He's going to win after Max Verstappen takes the championship six races before the end of the season. <laughs> Maybe. And Red Bull doesn't have to try anymore. And then he just decides to like not come one weekend. He's like, ah, I'm yeah. going to go do something else. See y'all later. <laughs> like, you know, I, I think it can work. On the topic of Mercedes almost winning, uh, we have we have a lot of conspiracy talk from this yeah, weekend. So let's All get right? into why that didn't happen and why it was looking like it was going to happen and why it didn't happen it it all started off with one yuki sonoda elena's yuki yuki my boy my boy who's just so strange and doesn't like working out and all of that um he probably doesn't drink water he seems like he eats cheetos and doesn't drink water anyway (laughs) so you know lap 45 yuki (laughs) he comes on the radio and he's like tires not fitted and I'm like, oh, crap. Oh, no, something's going on. This was after uh, a pit, uh, almost immediately after a pit stop. And so he pulls off to the side of the track and everybody's like, oh, this is going to be a safety car. He shut the car off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody's like, oh, this is going to be a safety car. And then the team comes on the radio and the team is like, they are fitted. Get back on the track. <laughs> and so he like slowly drives onto the track. And this was a big scare for everybody, right? Because... The Mercedes strategy depended on the race going green, which is like you can kind of depend on that in Formula One. Like you're not going to get that many safety cars in Formula One. So the Mercedes strategy was to stop one fewer time than the Red Bulls. And this was going to cycle Lewis out to be able to battle Max to win the race and like give Mercedes the advantage to win the race. Because at this point, Lewis was in the lead. Should a safety car come out, it would change that pit delta, like the amount of time it takes to come down pit lane. And it would actually negate that advantage completely because Max would get a free pit stop pretty much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now we're all looking at Yuki and we're like, if he stays here, a safety car is going to come out and this is going to wash out Mercedes strategy. It's going to give it back to Red Bull. So Yuki gets going, you know, he's driving around the track doing his thing. He comes down pit lane. And we see, again, and we see his team, like, reaching down in the car. And everybody's like, what's going on? Like, he said his tires aren't fitted. Why are they reaching into the cockpit? Turns out they were reaching into the cockpit because Yuki, thinking he could not proceed, loosened his seatbelts to get out of the car. Yeah. Okay. Yuki loosens his seatbelts and then gets back on the track and drives really slowly to pit lane and gets out of everybody's way because his seatbelts aren't fully on. And you're not really supposed to do that, so he got in trouble for that. But so they're reaching down, tightening his seatbelts, doing whatever, and then they check his tires and they go, all right, Yuki, get back out there. <laughs> yeah, they took those, he was on hards, they took yeah. those off in favor of softs for some reason, I, I, maybe, they, I don't know. Yes, gets back out there, and then he goes, something's wrong with the rear. They're like, all right, find a safe place to stop and pull over. And everybody's like, what? He came out of pit lane, and he's going to pull over, and that's yeah, going to cause bizarre. a safety car crazy okay and so it ends up it does cause a yellow flag which helps for Stappen because he gets to come down pit lane he gets that free pit stop this spurred a lot of conspiracies right Mm -hmm. because if you're Mm -hmm. unfamiliar they changed the name so it used to be Red Bull and Toro Rosso which is Red Bull right Red (laughs) Bull and other Red Bull now it's Red Bull and Alpha Tauri Alpha Tauri is still Toro Rosso. It's the Red Bull Junior team. So everybody's like, Alpha Tauri did something fishy to, and then like it ended up causing a safety car that benefited Red Bull. Huh, that's weird. 
this wouldn't be the first time that something weird like that happened and ended up impacting a championship. Like, this happens sometimes in the history yeah. of motor racing. Like, it's fine to be suspicious, but I believe Nolan went back and watched it and was like, if you go back and watch it, it's very obvious that it was not fixed. Correct, Nolan? Yeah, someone on Reddit posted the was onboard camera from Yuki's car. It was like about a seven-minute clip of this whole debacle and you know a lot before there's really nothing else going on then they had that pit stop that first pit stop for the hards and immediately yuki senses something wrong and you know i'm not an expert but i'm watching this and one of the shifts sounded kind of weird when he's coming out of the pits and i think that might maybe something just loaded up and broke i mean these parts break but i mean you watch this whole clip and for this to be a coordinated effort to help red bull yuki would not only have to be like a race car driver but also the greatest actor on the planet because you just hear the panic in his voice it's so cl- it's like the most it's genuine because he's a race car driver and his race car is broken i mean the circumstances are weird like it's just a weird thing that happened this whole this whole series of events is just a strange thing that we haven't really seen too much of this season at least like just the team didn't really know what's going on. Yuki doesn't really know what's going on. And since we're outside observers, we also don't know what's going on because we don't have the... I don't think we heard the radio message about the diff being broken. And also the fact that we didn't know that, like, Yuki loosened his belts either. So, like, having the, the mix of all these things going on, rightfully so, kind of lent it... You know, raised some skepticism. But what got lost was the fact that Red Bull has, like, the fastest car on the grid and the fastest driver right now they wouldn't need to do something like this to take the lead also max is almost 100 points ahead <laughs> it doesn't matter and also they still get points and money if AlphaTauri finishes well so like you want to have both teams doing yeah. well yes because exactly. it, it makes sense but you know knee-jerk reaction you're right to be like huh this is weird because this stuff does happen in motorsports it happens in formula one it happens in nascar like yeah not a lot but there are instances of really fishy team orders that change the outcome of a race. And sometimes like entire championships have to get changed because of it. But you should look into it and see what's going on. So yeah. this caused a lot of conspiracy theories. Yuki ended up getting a grid penalty for the upcoming Italian Grand Prix because he has five reprimands this season. Oh my God. <laughs> and his most recent reprimand was the seatbelt thing. So this is his fifth. Yeah. And that is a 10-place grid penalty at the Italian Grand Prix. But this created a lot of conspiracies. There was a lot of compounding going on. There was a lot of weird stuff. Valtteri Bottas later stopped on track, which Valtteri used to, you know, be Lewis Hamilton's secondhand person. Um, So people were like, oh, that's weird too. But people took these conspiracies, like, too far. Way too far. And AlphaTauri actually posted a statement. So This morning. Yeah, this morning. And AlphaTauri was like, hey... A lot of people online are like hurling insults and horrible language and everything at our head of strategy, Hannah Schmitz. And like, it's like, what are you doing? You have no proof of anything. You haven't looked into this. Joking about conspiracies is fine. Like giving a little bit of credibility towards something fishy happened and investigating it is fine. But when you take it so far to where you're like hurling all this hatred toward this person who is head of strategy for no reason, right? Like, mm-hmm. cool it down. Let, let's yeah. stop. And I just have a sneaking suspicion that if uh, Hannah Schmitz was a man, that would, this probably would, not be not, would probably not be happening to such a high degree. Uh, yeah, 
Also, just do some critical thinking for a second. Yes. Like, for, like I mentioned, Red Bull's super far ahead. They don't need to do this. Also, there's a bigger conspiracy afoot, and that is that, hmm, maybe Formula One is a organization that launders the reputation of really bad countries around the world. How about that? Maybe we should look a little outside of this very small, insular situation and take a look at the bigger picture here. Follow the money. There are big conspiracies that have lots to do with dehumanization of people and countries and all kinds of stuff and then there are smaller conspiracies that don't matter like the many that i possess not today <laughs> though we're gonna move on to race results that's right so if you haven't picked up on it yet the podium for this race was max verstappen in first george russell in second and Charles leclerc in third to round out the podium uh, max verstappen once again took the triple threat of a wind fastest lap and driver of the day Man, this guy's good this is also his 10th win of the season Oof. and this <laughs> also makes it Charles Leclerc's second podium in the last oh. 10 races. Oh, which is, oh that's awful. That's the most depressing stat when wow. you think about how strong he started off this season. Ugh. Wow. So he did, however, move back into second place in the championship. He is tied with Sergio Perez, the second Red Bull driver. They both have 201 points, which, again, is kind of... Ridiculous compared to Max Verstappen's 310 points that he now has. Uh, and there were only two DNFs this weekend, which were Yuki Tsunoda and Valtteri Bottas. What a race. Pretty good race. Pretty interesting. Definitely better than last week, I think. Yeah. yeah. I liked it more than the Belgian Grand Prix. There's was a more... lot of tension with the strategies and stuff. And it was really looking like it was like those last 10 laps were going to be really something if those safety cars hadn't happened. And, you know, once the first one... once. Once those safety cars happen and, and uh, Max got those new tires, kind of the tension was kind of sucked out of the room. Mm-hmm. Oh, the tension was still there because I made a joke that <laughs> I made a joke on Twitter that F1 is rigged, <laughs> not because of Alpha Tauri, but because Ferrari keeps handing that wins. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and people got really mad at me because they thought I was talking about Alpha Tauri being serious. Mm, yeah, sarcasm Elizabeth. doesn't translate well on social media, I've found. No. I would love to know what people said to you about your joke about Ferrari handing Red Bull wins. Um, I had a lot of people who responded with journalist in quotation marks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> happens to me all favorite. the time. Uh, I got a lot of people who thought I was a British Lewis Hamilton fan. Nice. Uh, which is funny. So I just responded to them with tweets from like six years ago where I said Formula One is rigged. Um, <laughs> Formula winning. One is always rigged toward whomever is winning. That's correct. I've I've, I've held this belief for years. Every a lot of people just said cry more. Why is that the universal insult that dudes say to women online? Like I don't I don't. Why know. is that? Because like, so many men will just be like cry more, and I'm like, what? I was making a meanwhile, joke. Meanwhile, you look at their profile, and it's just like the most pencil neck mid dude. Yeah. Who oh, yeah. sucks? Oh, 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 dudes will also they will also comment on me and they'll be like mid, 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 and I'm yeah. like, sir, let's talk about the neck beard. Come on, like you would even give on. them the one time of, of day. Anyway. One of us is married, and I don't think it's you. yeah. Okay, let's talk about <laughs> like oh oh. There was a comment on one of the videos we did. Some guy was like, Alanis is a solid four, and I was like. Okay, thanks. Like, that's not what the video was about. And somebody responded, oh, my dear friend, I cannot remember who responded. They said, I think she's a 10 in personality and looks. And I was like, thank you so much. I agree. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I would give this race a solid, uh, I would give this a nice 7 out of 10. 
Uh, well, which is great because, you know, I was expecting this to be a solid two because as cool as Zanvort looks and as cool as the banking looks, you know, like there's not a lot of passing. Not a mm-hmm. lot goes on. If it hadn't been for Yuki and our dear conspiracy theories and if it hadn't been for Ferrari thinking that the car only had three wheels, like <laughs> it would have been pretty boring. Right. But, you know, we had a good time. Speaking of great times, let's get to my favorite segment of the show, Boyfriend of the Week. <laughs> Boyfriend of the Week is our recurring segment where we acknowledge who's the best. It can be anybody. It can be a driver. It can be a car. We haven't had any inanimate objects yet. Um, oh. uh, it could be a moment, a team lead, or a Redditor with a particularly hot take. You get the picture. Who's getting, uh, This is uh, for the week only. We're not picking husbands here. It's Boyfriend of the Week. So that's middle school rules right there. So, uh, who wants to go first? I went first last week. All right. How about I go first? Go. Okay. My boyfriend of the week is commenter Rakesh69 on uh, the Formula One subreddit. I found I found the post of the onboard. Um, and it was Rakesh69? Lovely... Six, six, no, no. It was oh, posted okay. by a guy or a, a username, Zephyr Sonic. Uh, hopefully, he doesn't have a weird uh, posting history that I'm yeah, not going to check. But anyway, uh, Rakesh69 says, wow, this makes it pretty clear the pit crew had no idea what's going on. This is in reference to AlphaTauri. They panicked when they thought the wheels were not fitted. Once it was ruled out of the question, they pitted him to fasten his seatbelts. And when, when he was at the exit of the pit, they saw it was not the tires, but the diff, which was acting up. Anyone who says it was pre-planned need to go touch some grass and i think that's the energy i'd like to see you know mm-hmm. touch some grass thank you rakesh69 you're my boyfriend of the week incredible elizabeth who's your boyfriend of the week my boyfriend of the week is ferrari's social media team oh. i don't know who they are i don't know how many of them there are i just know that they continue to post thirsty videos of Charles leclerc in these very distressing times after very difficult race weekends and for that i am grateful Okay, but describe the most recent one to us. We have to, we need solid evidence here. Uh, it was Charles Leclerc in his boxers getting into a ice bath. Nice. And then getting out of the ice bath. Nice. Glistening. Oh, it, it was quality content. Thank you for your service. We appreciate it. Oh, our wonderful producer, Christina, says thank you in all caps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all caps. <laughs> So, okay, I, I had a little bit of a debate, and I was like, Sebastian Vettel, he's just like a silly, goofy guy, right? He's just coming out of the pits at the wrong time, blocking everybody on track. He's wearing his little headbands. There's some cute photos of him in a headband. Like, love this guy. But Nolan made a great point. We've not had an inanimate object yet. So please tell me you're <laughs> going to pick the flare. No, I'm not. I'm oh. not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Because the flare is aggressive. I'm going to go for the passive-aggressive disappearance. Mattia Bonotto's glasses have ghosted <laughs> us. This is like a dating app, you know? Like, Mattia Bonotto's glasses are like, oh, I'm not liking how this feels, but I don't want to have to admit that I'm not liking how this feels. I'm gone. And that is not an ideal boyfriend of the week, but it is a realistic one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, we want to settle We're for realistic settle. boyfriends. What a varied boyfriend of the week this week. Mm, Redditors, faceless social media teams, and a pair of glasses. Wow. Lovely. Thank you so much for listening to the Donut Racing Show. If you like this episode, please pre-order Alanis and Elizabeth's book. 
That's right. Uh, what's it called again, guys? Racing with Rich Energy from McFarland and Co. Publishers. It is available for pre-order in the United States right now. International availability, ebooks, audiobooks, all that information is going to come soon. But if you've already pre-ordered, we are hoping you have this book in like a month or two. Hell yeah. Uh, along with pre-ordering the book, uh, subscribe, and please leave us a review on the platform of your choice. Maybe we'll read it on air. Here's one from Dancing Line Guy titled Learn, Laugh, Love. Alanis and Elizabeth are a spectacular balance of unhinged ranting and, uh, and educated insight. Whoever decided to throw them in a room together with mics on a near-weekly basis, <laughs> they deserve a raise, partner. I like that Nolan almost said uneducated. Insight. I almost did. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. That was incredible. Just add a little bit of flair to the I review. was hoping you did not notice that, but I'm no, sorry. No, I did. I absolutely okay. did. Thank you uh, so much, Dancing Line Guy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nolan. We appreciate truth here. Um, incredible. Next episode, we will be covering the Italian Grand Prix at Monza. Will Lewis Hamilton get his first win of the season? Can uh, anyone stop Red Bull? Probably not. What will the grid look like next year with all these shakeups? Who knows? If you're not familiar with Donut Media, we have a YouTube channel as well as an automotive history podcast called Past Gas. That's right. Check that out wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us online. Uh, Alanis is Alanis N. King at Twitter and Instagram. I am Eliz underscore Blackstock on Twitter and Eliz A. Blackstock on Instagram. And Nolan is Nolan J. Sykes on both Twitter and Instagram. Hey, thank you very much, guys. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.